Today's episode is presented by DirecTV. You know what you want. Football. And not just a game or two, all of them. But you can't get DirecTV where you live. No problem. Stream 2019 NFL Sunday ticket on your favorite devices. No satellite required. And get every live, out-of-market game every Sunday afternoon. Go to NFLSundayTicket.tv now to see if you are eligible. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. And while we're here, let's talk Yahoo Fantasy Football. We've all made some bad choices in life. I know I have. But this isn't about me. It's about you. Don't make where you play fantasy football a bad life decision. Play Yahoo Fantasy Football. Yahoo offers up free expert advice, has the best player experience, and they will never delete your league history like other apps. Yahoo also has all kinds of fantasy games like the new best ball. Just draft and you're done. No trades, no waivers, no drama. All season. Yahoo's the number one rated app by the FSGA. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Fantasy Football. Welcome to John Gruden's Nightmare and welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by my co-host, my co-Danny, the hero we need, the sleeper expert we deserve, the Dark Knight Danny Kelly. DK, what is on your mind? Dark Knight goes really well with John Gruden's Nightmare. So oh, well, it does. Wow. I started watching uh, Hard Knocks last night and I'm excited about the Raiders and Danny, you were not happy about that thought. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that your takeaway from Hard Knocks was that you're excited for the season. And my takeaway from Hard Knocks is Hard Knocks is better than anything the Raiders will do this season. John Gruden's like a golden age TV anti-hero. He's like Tony Soprano or or Walter White. And I just can't take my eyes off him. I love I, I can't stop looking at his eyes. He has the craziest eyes. Dude. The way he looks at people. All right. We are continuing our fantasy preview. We've devoted an entire episode on the Ringer NFL show feed to one position. We have a whole episode for fantasy quarterbacks this year, a whole episode for running backs, receivers, tight ends. We did our top 50 breakdown. We are now going to be devoting a whole episode just to sleepers. DK, sleepers is the most like overused word. It's lost all meaning. Yeah, it's used so much that it just has no meaning anymore. You know, it's like dynamic or like, oh, he's a nice guy. It's, it doesn't even mean anything. So like, what is a sleeper in 2019? The sleeper has changed, I think, definitions over the years. Uh, early in the you know, in the old days of fantasy football, it was kind of like a guy that I think all your league mates hadn't even ever heard of. Um, and at least that's how it was for me. And then nowadays, it's more it's it's much more related to just like value. Everybody knows basically every player out there for the most part. I mean, there's just so much information available. There's ADP lists, you know, rankings, everything. It's so easy to find. Um, I think it's just so much harder to find a guy that like your league mates don't know about. So now to me, a sleeper, and you guys can tell me if you agree with this, is a guy who you think is, is much more related to value. It's a guy that you think is going to far outplay his ADP. Like to me, a sleeper is a guy who's being drafted way too late. I completely agree. Uh, that's kind of the foundation for what we're going to be doing today. So instead of just taking that word sleeper, we tried to create a few different buckets for different kinds of sleepers. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah. we created some, some are obvious, some are definitely some not so ridiculously obvious. named buckets. And I'm all for crazy <laughs> names. All right. So the first category, it's called the chaos is a ladder category. Essentially, uh, you're looking at depth chart position groups that are chaotic. You don't know exactly how it's going to pan out. You don't know who's going to get the most volume in an offense. 
basically in offenses that don't have a really set hierarchy, I think there's a, a real strong ability to find sleepers in that kind of offense. And so we kind of like use Phil Lindsay for this last year. Everyone kind of assumed Royce Freeman was the guy, but then Lindsay came in at the last second, had over a thousand yards running, blah, blah, blah. So we're looking at position groups that don't have, you know, set in stone like hierarchies. Yeah. And the guy for me to start off with is Jamison Crowder, of the Jets. Now he's, he's projected to be a starter, but we just don't really know exactly how the volume is going to be distributed in New York with Darnold this year. Um, Crowder's new to that offense. Um, they shook some things up. They're, you know, obviously going to have a new offensive coordinator slash play caller and Adam Gase. So I think Crowder right now is being drafted. He's he's wide receiver 57. His ADP is 167th overall. That's in PPR. Compared that to Robbie Anderson, who's wide receiver 30, and he's drafted 74th overall. So almost a hundred spots later, Crowder's getting picked. And this was an interesting thing. I saw the Athletics Carney Hughes wrote this the other day. The chemistry between Crowder and Sam Darnold is growing. Um, Hughes said that the chemistry reminds me of the Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin kind of connection, and it wouldn't surprise him if he creeps up to 100 catches this year. So, I mean, in PPR, that's super valuable. He's to me, feels very, very, um, you know, his, his ADP is way lower than it should be. He had a touchdown in their preseason game last week. Um, he's just a guy that I think is a great, great value late. So he's a sleeper value. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. He's he's really jittery. I mean, the question with him has usually been health and just yeah, maximizing yeah. Washington. I mean, that's like, the big thing. When in Washington, Josh Norman always called him just a jittery guy. He's really hard to cover. So I like if you that want a lot. super deep sleeper, deep uh, cut. Yeah, I mean, get the guy behind him, and that is uh, Greg Dortch. Who he was an undrafted free agent that they got. So I got to be honest, Crowder, this is the first time I've ever heard Greg Dortch. Yeah, Greg Dortch. He's a rookie, undrafted free agent. He's probably going to make the team as a as a punt returner specialist. But if Crowder gets hurt, he could be he could end up being their slot receiver. I so. got to be honest. I'm going with like Qu- I'm going with like Quincy Anunwa before I'm going with Mr. Greg Dortch. <laughs> That's probably safe. I'm talking like dynasty here, guys. But yeah, yeah, Crowder is my guy for this one. So for me, I've been hammering the Ravens. I'm doing it again. Gus Edwards and Justin Hill, Justice Hill. I will say this until I'm blue in the face or until they are drafted in mock drafts on any platform. Um, If you take away Lamar's carries last year, Lamar Jackson's carries last year, the Ravens were still a top 10 rushing team by volume when Lamar took over. Uh, Their whole identity this year is zagging. When the whole league is zigging toward passing, they're zagging toward running. Offensive coordinator Greg Roman said their running game will, quote, get medieval, according to the Baltimore Sun. Um, Mark Ingram's going like number 50-ish. So again, even with Jackson's carries, they will be running a ton. And if Mark Ingram's going 50-ish, then people must think that he won't get all of the carries. And yet the people behind him aren't being drafted. Kenneth Dixon's like the most famous, quote unquote, but he, yeah. I, don't, I, think, I don't think he's going to make the team. He might not even make the team. Yeah. I don't think he will because they're carrying a fullback. So that leaves Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. For the final seven weeks, or from week 11 to week 16, Gus Edwards was the 11th best running back in fantasy. He was ahead of Nick Chubb and David Johnson. He's not being drafted this year. It doesn't like what am I missing? Gus Edwards was kind of a Philip Lindsay category guy last year. I mean, he came out of nowhere too. Um, dude, Justice Hill looked really good in the preseason game too. I mean, he had he had a couple runs there where he looked really really explosive. Uh, he, there's a lot of kind of um, you know potential there if he gets like third down duties or even early down duties. I mean, the guy just has some juice. So uh, I really like this one too. I think you're right. Like the the ADPs. 
the combined ADPs of all these guys doesn't really make sense considering they're going to run so much. So, um, yeah, that's something to take advantage of. Gregorio, you want to stay in Baltimore for a second? Yeah, let's stay in Baltimore. Willie Sneed, <laughs> wide receiver on the Ravens, is my guy. I love slot receivers. I love them. I'm going <laughs> to tattoo slot receivers on my chest. I love them. <laughs> Willie Sneed. The words slot receivers? Yeah, sure. What, okay. Plural or singular? Uh, plural. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Willie Sneed is going as the wide receiver 95, which is wild considering last year, when Lamar Jackson took over, he had 50 or more yards in five of the seven games that they played together. He yeah. showed a lot of chemistry with him. And it's not like John Brown exploded with Lamar Jackson last year. He actually did the opposite. So right. one, rookie wide receivers are always kind of a shaky ground. So Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown are both going ahead of Willie Sneed on Fantasy Pros' ADP. So I think when it's all said and done, this chaos is a ladder thing. Willie Sneed's going to lead the the Ravens in, in catches. He played 72% of his uh, snaps from the slot last year and they're missing almost 300 targets with John Brown and Michael Crabtree gone. So just on a yeah. volume-based way of looking at it, I don't know why Willie Sneed is not the number one receiver being taken on the Ravens. Brown, Brown might not even play early in the year I mean, look, too. he's a rookie receiver who can't practice because he's a foot injury. Foot injuries yeah. are bad for playing And receiver, I love Brown. And he can't practice. But yeah, so this, I think this is a really great... Like, That's this a is a call. great thought because yeah, I mean, like, this is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to just kind of taking flyers on guys that could have way more volume than you think. No one's talking about Sneed right now. And you know why? It's because his last name is Sneed. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's, <laughs> Go a, on. there's a there's a boring name theory that goes in fantasy. <laughs> the case cracker right that, here. That me and my friend talk about all the time. That's why Doug Baldwin <laughs> was always underdrafted. He was always drafted way like too that. late because his name is Doug Baldwin. Is that why Danny <laughs> Kelly's such a good fantasy analyst? <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm telling you. If what Willie does that Sneed's say about Craig Horlbeck and Danny Heifetz? If Willie Sneed's last name was like Thunder, he'd be going higher. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Willie Thunder. I actually buy this 100%. To stick with the sleepers episode, we're going with sleepers that some people are in on that we are very much not. And whether it's because we're just not in on them or they've been pumped up so much that they're no longer sleepers. They're just, they've been awoken. So DK, who's yeah. a, who's a sleeper that you're just not buying the hype on? He, so he's fallen in the last couple of weeks, but Robert Foster, the bills was one of the hottest names kind of over the summer, over the off season. Um, a lot of people thought, you know, based on his yards per route run last year, that's a really sticky stat. By the way, I wrote an article on sticky stats. Check it out at the ringer.com. Um, and you also wrote a, an article on what sleepers mean in 2018. And that's I did, a wonderful yes. one as well. Yes. Uh, thank you for that. Um, but Thanks, yeah, man. so he had he had a really strong kind of second half slash down the stretch. He was like, he found a good connection with Josh Allen. He was their deep threat. So he's kind of been like a popular sleeper target late in drafts. I've stopped drafting him because I just don't, it just doesn't seem to be coming together for him. All right. Now, obviously, John Brown was signed in the offseason. He's basically going to do what Foster was doing late last year. John Brown is a really good player. I think he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the risk of losing his job. Uh, they also signed Cole Beasley, Zay Jones returns. Um, all that kind of means Foster might not even on, be on the field when they're using three receiver sets. Now, if they spread it more, then that could give him an opportunity. But basically, the Bills pass game gives you a very kind of defined ceiling and it's not very high. Like the very volatile pass offense. Uh, last year, Allen threw 10 touchdowns and 12 picks in 12 games. I mean, that that doesn't give you a great ceiling. So to me, when you're looking for real deep sleepers, it's better to target guys in really good offenses just because there's more opportunity to score touchdowns, more yards, more targets, all that. And I just don't really know if I'm, I'm buying Foster at this point. I, I think, you know, obviously he was a very popular 
over the summer, but I'm just, I'm out on him now. I completely agree. I, there's Look, this is the inverse. There's too much chaos with the Bills receivers to feel like anyone can emerge. And his skill set's kind of redundant with John Brown for sure. And then I'm actually, my chaos, my ladders are tall and dangerous pick is just Devin Singletary <laughs> sticking with the Bills for kind of the same reasons, which is I actually think Singletary and Robert Foster will be a pretty good trio with Josh Allen like in the next year or two or three. I don't yeah, like I either of them in 2019. They're both young players, Devin Singletary, as a rookie, a lot of people are really hyping up. But the fact is the Bills backfield has LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, uh, T.J. Eldon, and Devin Singletary. And I just think there's too many people for any one of them to emerge, especially not the rookies. So uh, it's why, would they, why would they sign Gore and Yeldon when they, I mean, like, Yeld, I think, honestly, Yeldon, they did I it, I think, before they got, before they got Singletary. It was like, man, they can get a guy in the draft. It just, well, it's just, it's funny Maybe Frank to me Gore wanted doing. to play somewhere really cold to kind of like cryo-freeze himself <laughs> mm, to uh, preserve yeah, it. Perhaps. Like, he's just doing cryotherapy constantly hopefully he has the right equipment yeah gotta wear shoes craig who's a sleeper that you think has already been awoken you uh, come up with better name this isn't that. see this is a little tough i'm gonna skew a little bit away from the category i wouldn't say this is a sleeper i'm picking Cortland sutton he's not a sleeper i like him but borderline borderline, borderline i just think he's going way too, he's going as the wide receiver 40 and Cortland sutton's never really been that good he is a spark freak which by the way i don't know if we've ever told people what spark is we say that a lot. Spark stands for speed, power, agility, reaction, and quickness. It's like this. It's old Nike combat. Stat, it's it's NFL combine porn. Yeah, you can check out playerprofiler.com. They do a whole spark thing. But anyway, he, he's a spark freak. But last year, he had one of the worst catch rates in the NFL. He caught 50% of his passes. He was second in the league in drops. And he was 70th among 86 qualifiers in PFF's predictive yards per out run metric. Um hmm. He only had 84 targets last year. And he played all 16 games. And he started nine, which is kind of surprising. And... uh He's got Joe Flacco this year, which I don't think excites anybody. And yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is back and healthy somehow. He's playing in the preseason, uh, preseason game two, after his ankle surgery and a torn Achilles. And when Sanders went down, Deshaun Hamilton outplayed uh, yeah. Cortland Sutton by far and is going to move into the slot when Sanders comes back, which will push Sanders to the outside with Sutton. I don't know. I just see, realistically, I don't see him leading the team in targets, maybe not even yeah. second in the team in targets. This is another low-ceiling offense, too, I think. Yeah, and with Vic Fangio, you, they're going to be running the ball a lot more. I don't know. You know you know who also is kind of factoring in here is Tim Patrick. I think I read the other day mm. Patrick was running with the ones. And he was another guy that came in late last year and had, I, I don't know, 20-something catches for 300-something yards or something like that. So he was not a complete non-factor either. I mean, so, yeah, it's just... So, this is a jumbled depth chart. If you're going to go for Sutton anybody, is the most expensive if, one, if right? You, yes, and if you want the most value, I would pick Deshaun Hamilton. He's going as a wide receiver, seventy, and I think he could lead the team in catches. I'm stepping on a future category here, but uh, I don't believe in Emmanuel Sanders at 32 recovering from an Achilles he had in December. Yeah, which he's a history. Cool guy. History frowns on that. It's against situation. him, and I agree. I'd rather have Deshaun Hamilton at like the 140-ish range than. Cortland Sutton in the 90s, but also at the same time, I, I'm hesitant to use his rookie numbers against him from a team that had a different quarterback and a different offensive coordinator. Sure, sure. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I can see him having a good year, but I'd rather have Deshaun like 50 spots later. Yeah. Okay. So flipping, this is another kind of sleeper. These are sleepers we love, but this is guys that maybe don't have an obvious path to playing time, but their talent is so clear that we believe that they will get playing time just based off their talent. Yeah, the Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb scenario going into the year where Hyde got the 90-something percent or whatever the carries early on. Um, 
you know, before they 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 shook up the coaching staff there in Cleveland. Well, so, it, funnily enough, that was actually one of the reasons he got fired. It was the <laughs> he John, refused to play no, Chubb, yeah. right? Browns yeah. GM John Dorsey drafted Nick Chubb in the second round, and then Hugh Jackson and or sorry Todd Haley was the coordinator. He would not play Nick Chubb, and yeah. John Dorsey was like, "Hey, play Nick Chubb." Nick Chubb and then is they wouldn't, extremely good. So he traded yeah. Carlos Hyde. And yeah, that's so that's so that's that's the crux of this uh, category. And my guy in this category is also related to uh, to Carlos Hyde. He's got he's got a couple of obstacles. Relate, in I don't his think way. they're family, are they? Sorry, it's it, 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 not related in that sense. It's uh, another situation where Carlos Hyde is standing in the way. Uh, Darwin Thompson of the Chiefs right now he's going as RB fifty nine, ADP of one ninety three. That's average draft position. Um, obviously, Damian Williams is projected to be the starter question is how long is that going to last then obviously uh carlos hyde is second so right now D- thompson might be third or fourth on the depth yeah, chart. We a, don't a really key know. thing here is that uh Damian williams has suffered a hamstring pull he's kind of a speedy guy and it's already someone that in a like a week long span they went from he's our feature back to actually we're going to do a running back by committee that was kind of a joke <laughs> yeah. then he pulled his hamstring bad week for Damian williams Bad week for people like me who made fun of Craig for liking Carlos Hyde. Hamstrings are are finicky injuries too. I mean, they tend to come back. You can kind of just pull them even when you think you've been healed, like it's all healed up and all that. So it just makes me nervous. Hyde is not dynamic. Um, actually, the Athletics Nate Taylor today put a 53-man roster prediction out and Hyde was cut on that. So Wait, what? Obviously, Wait, say that yeah. again. He put out his predictant prediction Who? for the 53-man roster, the Athletics Nate Taylor, oh. uh, the beat reporter there. Um, and so obviously, you know, there's a lot of time between now and the start of the season, but Thompson is a guy that it, I'm targeting in a lot of drafts. He looked outstanding in their first preseason game. Granted, it was against backups a lot, but he showed power. You know, he's running into guys. He ju- he's like burst, elusive burst. Uh, he's jumping over guys. He had a, he took a Texas route to the house, um, you know, over the middle of the field. He ran like an angle route, caught the ball, and ran away from the defense. Uh, he just looked really, really exciting. And in a Andy Reid offense where they create space so much, so well, man, it's just really interesting to think about what Thompson could do, the speed and, and elusiveness that he has. Obviously, I'm not as high on Williams or Hyde either, so... Um, He's a guy, I think that's really just one of those late round dart throws that could end up having a major, major role, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Maybe and halfway through the season or something. You know? If Hyde did end up cut, the other person to watch in that backfield is Darrell, uh, Darrell Williams, not Damian Williams. Uh, he got some pretty good playing time last year and he was, yeah. he was decent in time. Not quite as good as Damian though. Uh, my guy for just talent winning out, cream rising to the top. This is cheating a little bit because I have Kalen Balazs, who's running back for the Dolphins. This is kind of cheating because Kenyon Drake got like he had his foot foot injury this week. He's he's, he's in a walking in a boot, boot, right? Probably yeah. not going to play the rest of the preseason. So cheating, but whatever. Kalen Balaj is super talented, really athletic, kind of raw, but he's going 120th right now in fantasy pros. And then this Drake injury really opens the door for him. And then Balaj, I mean, I hate to do this, but he can run away with the job because he's really fast. But the other guys on that good depth pun. chart with him, very good pun. are Miles Gaskin, Mark Walton, Kenneth Farrow. Those are. I mean, Mark Walton's kind of a, a plotter for the, the Bengals already let go. Um, Miles Gaskin's a pick from last year. Those guys are not like exciting. And I think Balaj could really, I mean, he really outdo the draft position, like outside the top 100, especially if yeah. he gets even half of their carries. This is a, he's a post-hype sleeper guy. 
I mean, a lot of people were really excited about him last year. Now he's got a real chance. Matthew Barry made like a blood pact with on the on, on ESPN with uh, <laughs> Mike Clay to, against Caleb <laughs> Balazs. He Bellage. loves Balazs, yeah. Craig, who's right, cream rising to the top, talent-based. I mean, this is the definition of talent-based. It's, I'm just saying Josh Gordon. I just want to throw his name out there, have a quick Josh Gordon conversation. He's going undrafted in 10-team leagues, and he's like the fourth to last pick in in 12-team leagues. And I don't know. I mean, his numbers last year were really, really good. And it, it's hard to pick up the Patriots system right off the bat. Obviously, guys like Randy Moss and Wes Welker have, but but Josh Gordon's right in that category. I mean, his some of the lines, he, he had, I mean, in his first 10 games, he had 50 yards and a touchdown, 100 yards, 130 yards and a touchdown, 81 yards, 70 yards, 58 yards and a touchdown, and 96 yards. Like, he's, yeah. um, he's still in shape. He works out with this Lions wide receiver amongst other guys named Brandon Powell. And Brandon Powell recently said in an article that Gordon is dusting everybody. Still, like, he's just <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, and I think he's worth a last pick in the draft. I honestly think some people Absolutely. are going to take him a little bit higher because he's one of those guys who could come in and be like a legit wide receiver one on your team and win your team, win your playoffs. I feel like I've seen, yeah, his ADP is probably creeping up. He he applied for reinstatement, reinstatement right? And yeah. So I mean, we're the, just kind of in the waiting game, but as we always are. And the Pats spent $2 million on a restricted free agent tender on him. So I, I think that's the kind of guy that, it's more likely that he's a wise free agent addition during the season. You can draft him, but you might end up cutting him for if someone gets hurt and you pick up a backup. Mm-hmm. I think that that's more like it's September, October. Everyone's forgotten about him. Maybe Adam speculatively. The tough thing early. about that is there's a lot of guys in the in your fantasy league. Like there's the one guy who will just draft Josh Gordon and hold on to him the entire year. Yeah. See, I'm yeah. not willing to do that. Yeah. I'd, he's the first person I would cut if someone for a free agent addition week one. But that's a philosophical thing. Okay, DK. Who are some sleepers you like that like older guys? Yeah. One last ride, kind of like a high school <clears throat> where it's like, all right, one last job and we're out. <laughs> the Jared, so this was the guy who came to mind for this was Jared Cook from last year. Um, kind of came out of nowhere and was the tight end five, I believe, for the Raiders. Uh, I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald is going to be a top 10 wide receiver one or whatever, but I think Larry Fitzgerald Cardinals is still a good um, bet as like a like a wide receiver two or, or high end wide receiver three, just based on their offense is going to have an incredible amount of volume. Um, so much more than last year. He's right now, he's the wide receiver 37, um, ADP 87th overall. They're going to throw like maybe 200 extra times this year based on what they did last year. Um, he's still playing a ton of snaps too. Last year, he played second most snaps in that offense. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald did. And then Kyler Murray, I think, is the big kind of X factor in all this. If Kyler breaks out, you want to be, you want to get guys that are in these breakout offenses because that's a big way to find value, right? Like if you, if a lot of people are sort of depressing the value of this offense based on what they saw last year, um, Christian Kirk is another guy that I think his value is way too low right now. Just based on pure volume, these guys could get tons and tons of catches, especially PBR league. So, uh, I'd take it one more ride with Larry Fitzgerald. I think he he has a chance to have good numbers this season. Love it. And just to reiterate, Christian Kirk is going 79th overall at wide receiver 32, and Larry Fitzgerald's 100th at wide receiver 38. So, there you go. Gregorio, who's your last one? Who's your uh, last job with? Well, it seems to be one last ride every year with this guy, but it's Adrian Peterson, uh, who is oh, going. What's a ride? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> who is ride. going remarkably low. He's going as the running back 52, 139th overall. Adrian Peterson was fifth in the NFL in carries last year. He had 251 (laughs) 
behind, Seriously? behind oh Ezekiel God. Elliott, Gurley, Saquon, and David Johnson. That's it. That's awesome. Wow. He was eighth in yards. He had over a thousand yards. He averaged wow. 4.2 yards a carry, which is great, but it's not the worst. He was the RB 16 last year in standard leagues, and he's going as the <laughs> so RB high end RB2. Yeah. And it's the same situation as last year with guys coming back, but guys still has yet to play in a single game. He is injured again and has still not yet been cleared to play in a game. So, and is a rookie still. And is a rookie still. I mean, everyone, hey, everyone in that running back room is injured or coming off an injury. Darius Geis is going as the running back 31, 21 spots ahead of Adrian Peterson. And he yeah. has ACL and hamstring issues and he hasn't been cleared to play. Yeah, it's another Chris one. Chris like, Thompson's coming off a major injury. And he's their Bryce pass Love catcher. is coming off a major injury. He's like, Chris Thompson's going 60th among running backs. So he's also, so it's kind of like people don't think Washington's going to run this year. It's like, and they ran the 14th most times last year. Adrian Peterson said this year he wants to run for 2,000 yards, which I, I feel like he does every year. But hey, like <laughs> I, if that's his mindset every year, like I'll keep drafting him. He ran for 1,000 yards. He's going 52nd amongst running backs. I don't even, I cannot believe that. It's weird. It's really weird. Draft him in every league you can at that time, at that <laughs> that's slot. Great. All right, we're flipping this. No country for old men. Guys who are just, it, it, it's time. TK, <laughs> who's your no country for old men, man? I'm not into the Jason Witten Cowboys storyline. Uh, sounds like Blake Jarwin's playing pretty well, and he might actually have like a bigger role in that offense. Um, and just overall, like the pecking order, like Witten's peck, like his spot in the pecking order in that offense is after Amari, after Gallup, Randall Cobb, then Zeke, then maybe Pollard, and and then also Jarwin. Like, is he gonna? He, I don't think he's gonna get the volume. I don't think he's necessarily gonna be like a big time mismatch threat in the red zone. Um. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. I. I I'm not really looking at J- uh, Jason Witten this year at all. Hi, Fitz. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. It's really simple. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I hate to say it. He's 32. Injured his Achilles in December, and then it just came out this week that when they went for that surgery, he also had ankle surgery during the Achilles surgery. I would love for him to do well this year. I just. I'm not going to bet on that. So that sucks. All right, DK. This is true sleepers. Like this is the who? Yeah. Like, who? Yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, I'm going Darren Waller on the Oakland Raiders, uh, completely undrafted. Um, Jared Cook was their tight end five last year and basically just their leading receiver. And they let him go. He's gone. He's with the Saints. Waller's going to be the tight end. I believe the only two real options they have are him and Derek Carrier, who is like one of those physically like athletic, looks like a tight end, has just been hurt for years. Waller's kind of similar, to be honest. He was a he was a former college receiver at Georgia Tech. He has not done a lot of stuff, but they were confident enough to let Cook go. Who God knows about Antonio Brown and what happens if he comes back or not, whatever. But Tyrell Williams, who's the second receiver, it's not a possession guy. He's a speedster. There's a lot of targets that would be able to go around. I think Waller could just step in and just be, you know, he's free. Be amazing value. DK, you're a real sleeper. Emmanuel Butler of the Saints, who I don't, you know, this is like one of those guys that people actually might not have ever heard of. I, um, I have never heard of Emmanuel Butler. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, radical transparency. Yeah, undrafted free agent for the Saints. Um, if you've been ta- if you've been paying attention to Saints training camp, though, he's been a guy that a lot of people are really high on. Um, there's been comps to Marcus Colston as kind of like a big slot weapon. He's six foot three, two seventeen, long arms, thirty three inch long, uh, thirty three inch arms, ten inch hands. I mean, he's got huge catch radius, thirty seven inch vert. Um, was a productive player last year, Northern Arizona, I believe. And I could be getting that wrong. That's kind of how big of a deep cut this is. But um, yeah, he's battling it out right now in a very, very uncertain Saints um, pecking order in that in that in that depth chart in that receiver position. Obviously, 
You know, there's like Ted Ginn, Trick on Smith, Keith Kirkwood, all these randos. Um, he's kind of a guy I think that could sort of come out of nowhere. He's absolutely your last round pick. Um, and maybe like a dynasty stash or whatever, but he's just, he's my super, super deep sleeper right now. He's battling it out with little Jordan Humphrey who actually scored a touchdown in the saints first game, first preseason game. So that's something to watch, but sounds like Butler kind of has the edge. People are, seem to be really excited about this guy. So if he can get healthy and stay healthy and miss their first game because of an injury, if he can get healthy, He's a guy that I'm really interested to just be watching over the next few that weeks. Is indeed a sleeper. <laughs> be careful yes. what you wish for. I think that's true sleeper. Might be more of like Ted Ginn gets hurt and maybe that's who you grab um off the waivers. I don't know yeah, if I would spend fair. a pick that's on him. Fair. But I DK, you never last pick of the draft, man. Do whatever you want. Yeah. That, that's could not be better. That could not be a better life attitude. All right, <laughs> Craig. My guy is Greg Dortch. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, so one. uh I actually went a different direction here. I just wanted to give a quick little QB streaming advice uh, segment, not as kind of a weekly sleepers that you can plug and play if you want to do the kind of streaming QB style, which I prefer in most of my leagues. So I just wanted to kind of list pro fantasy football, uh, pro football focuses QB strength of schedule list. So I, I broke it up into four quadrants of just guys you could pick up and play who have uh, one of the top three easiest strength of schedules in that span. So from weeks one to four, Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton have two of the top three easiest schedules. Weeks four to seven, Tom Brady and Kyler Murray. And I know it's crazy to say Tom Brady, but he's probably not going to be starting on anybody's team. Uh, no. Weeks eight to 11, Sam Darnold and Jimmy G. And Jimmy G is going as the QB 21. So right now he might not be starting on anybody's team. And weeks 11 to 16, the home stretch, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, and Andy Dalton all have really easy schedules that week. So click that 30-second button, go back, hear that again if you want to write it down. And pick are, we worried, are we worried about Jimmy G yet? We getting worried? No. Okay, just checking. I'm not. Yeah, we have time. He threw five interceptions is. in a row. Dude, in I could one not. Practice. Does that matter? No. You know how many guys probably have done that and they just didn't make the reports? Guys, I'm glad we're on this because yeah. I actually have, a, I have an idea. I have the next wave of fantasy football. Daily fantasy for training camp stats. <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy G, if you have Jimmy G in your, your daily fantasy, throws five picks, you are cooked. <laughs> you are bad day. But bad if day you have office. Greg Dorch, you are doing well. Oh yeah. He's training been blowing camp it up stats. Nathan Peterman's fifty yard run. Oh my God. He's no, this isn't preseason, it's training camp. Oh, that's the key. Right, okay. It's not training camp stats. Because you can actually do preseason daily. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a real <laughs> yes. thing. Right, right. Preseason exists. Which is kind of insane in it its is, own right. But training camp stats. That's the next one. Coming up from the ringer, training camp daily. Well, on that note, thank you everyone for listening and we will be back next week. 